Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, and and my God, this is the 20th episode of Kodo Cinema. Can't you believe that? It's a it's almost a full year doing the Kodo's Cinema podcast, and this is my 20th episode. And I believe that is a good thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe it either. So, anyway, uh, first and foremost, uh, Randall Becker uh, couldn't be here today, so I'm covering covering him today for for this episode of Kodo Cinema. So, anyway, today I am going to count down my 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 top ten live action Disney remakes. Oh boy, that's right, folks. I'm bringing in the live action remakes of our favorite Disney classic films. So, so it's basically the ones that bring in the nostalgia. Okay, okay, I know, I know. So anyway, just to be clear, I am only singling out remakes, not continuations, unless they fall into into some follow-ups or or anything. But anyway, so don't expect to hear 2018's uh, Mary Poppins Returns on this list, or live-action animated hybrids like 2016's uh, Pete's Dragon, or any live-action Disney remakes that are made for TV. So no 2019 Kim Possible movie. And before I start... Say what you will about these remakes, but I think there are some good exceptions to good live-action Disney remakes. Especially the fact that that the 2020 live-action Disney remake of Milan will be coming out next week. So, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. So anyway, so so anyway, grab some popcorn and wish upon a star because it's time for the wonderful world of today's episode of Kodos Cinema. Number 10, 102 Dalmatians. I was very hesitant to put in the live-action remake of 101 Dalmatians as my, number, as my number 10 spot. However, kicking off this list is 102 Dalmatians. And I'm going to be totally honest, honest, honest with you guys. I grew up watching 102 Dalmatians when I was a little kid, and I thought it was a pretty good film. Believe me, it was actually a pretty good film. I know a lot of people were split on this film due to, due to, due to the fact that it's a sequel to 101 Dalmatians, the live-action remake version. While the film may not hold up to the original 101 Dalmatians and his live-action remake, this film had, had some pretty good moments from the music, music score by David Newman, costume designs, the dogs themselves, including <laughs> the Dalmatian, the Dalmatian dog and him her, himself or herself or something I, I I forgot the I forgot but anyway the dog the, the Dalmatian dog's name was Oddball Oddball I, and I still remember and believe me I I still rem, I to be fair I, I pretty much love Oddball in this movie probably one probably one of my favorite Dalmatian dogs in 102 Dalmatians and who can forget Eric Idle's portrayal of the parrot Waddlesworth. By the way, the parrot, the, the parrot still cracks me up to this day. Dogs don't fly. Ruff, ruff. See? <laughs> until he fly, until he flies somewhere in the end of the movie. So eh, that's some pretty funny moments in there. However, the only thing that I could single out here as one of the greatest moments of 102 Dalmatians, including the uh, 101 Dalmatians, is Glenn Close's portrayal as Corella Deville. 
Glenn Close literally owned the role of this classic Disney villain and puts in a fantastic performance as Corella DeVille. She did an amazing job in, a, in both 101 Dalmatians and 102 Dalmatians. She literally did an amazing job in, in 102 Dalmatians as well. So anyway, that's uh, so anyway that's uh, that's what I got for 102 for 102 Dalmatians. So anyway, anyway, uh, anyway, on to number on to my next entry, number nine, Dumbo, the 2019 remake one. Quick question: Who hasn't seen an elephant fly, huh? <laughs> anyway, 2019 was a was basically a huge year for live action Disney remakes, and Dumbo is no exception. Directed by Tim Burton, this film extends the 61-minute runtime from its 1941 counterpart to a 112-minute uh, live-action film. So basically a film that is almost two hours. I'll admit, 2019's Dumble did try to go in a different direction instead of a shot-for-shot -shot remake, but the execution was a little off, despite, the, despite a very good ambition ambitious move. I mean, many people praise this movie for its ambition, despite the lack of heart from the original. I mean, that is true. Sometimes some remakes can lack the heart of the original of the original. But it, it, it's not but it, it's not a bad bad idea going into a different direction just as long as it's close to the source material. So anyway, uh So anyway, yes, I know the execution was a little off, but I thought the film was okay. I mean, the art direction was good. To the CGI Dumbo, Danny Elfman's musical score, including including the performances of Michael Keenan, Danny DeVito, Colin Farrell, and Evo Green. And uh, and to be and uh, I'm going to be honest with you, this is not the only film that that Tim Burton directed direct on this list. So you'll probably hear more of him later on. So on to my next entry, number eight, The Lion King. Speaking of shot for shot, 2019's The Lion King, directed by Jon Favreau, did certainly that, and many people can tell right away at, right away as the film started, including the uh, the first trailer. While not a bad remake, I mean The Lion King's not bad. I mean I can see why a lot of people pointed pointed out pointed out the shot for shot remake moments. But a lot of people took aim at this film because because of the photorealistic animals lacking the facial emotions. I mean, I mean it's a live action remake. I mean, I mean, yeah, okay, okay. Well, I can see what they're saying, but uh, but I thought the photorealistic animals were pretty good. I, I thought they were pretty good. I mean, the visual effects, the, the CGI and visual effects were actually pretty good in this movie. I'll be honest with you, it was pretty good. Well, uh, well, anyway, but but be be it. Be that as it may, but I thought the film was pretty good. From the cast that includes Donald Glover as Simba, Beyonce as Beyonce as Nala, Seth Rogen as Puba, Billy Eichner as Timon, Chiwetel Ejiofor, if I'm pronouncing this correctly, as Scar, and the return of James Earl Jones as Mufasa. This is probably one of the first few remakes where one of the original actors from from one of the original actors from from the uh, from the original 1994 film animated film the same name returns to voice an to voice the original character which i think which i think is probably amazing like it's it's amazing that we get that we get it's amazing that we get back one of one of the greatest voice actors of all time to portray to portray Mufasa 
which I think was actually great. James Earl Jones as Mufasa was one of the great, was one of the few great moments in this live action remake. Remake plus the 1994 animated movie of the same name. So moving on, while the film did add in a couple of new moments to the film, most notably Nala's escape from Pride Rock, but I wish there was more to this film. I mean, to be fair, I wish there was more to this film. I mean, I mean, like I said, they added a few, few new moments to the film, despite almost everything being shot for shot. But, however, the performances were good, visual effects were great, and the music score by Hans Zimmer with Elton John's songs returning to the Pride is certainly entertaining. Plus, uh, plus, uh, this film was also nominated for for the Oscar for Best Visual Effects, and it sadly lost out to uh, 1917 at the 2020 Academy Awards. So, I mean, at least it did uh, get a nomination. So, yeah, all right. Number seven, Aladdin. People, people said that. People said they want to see the genie in a live-action Disney remake of Aladdin. Be careful what you wish for. You might get it. Well, for probably from the first trailer and first couple of trailers, yeah, I guess a lot of people kind of thought about the CGI genie. But anyway, and, but anyway, uh, but anyway, but anyway, I, I thought Will Smith as a genie was pretty good. He, he, he won't top Robin Williams' performance as the genie, but I think Will Smith did a pretty good job on, on his own take. So anyway... So anyway, uh, I had a few doubts about the about this uh, about this film, the 2019 Aladdin remake, because here's the thing: there were other live-action Disney remakes coming out, no, most notably The Lion King, Dumbo, and the Lady and the Trap movie, plus Aladdin. So I wasn't really sure how were they going to do that, how were they going to do that. But after watching this film, I thought Aladdin was a pretty. I thought the 2019 Aladdin movie was pretty good. Despite the flaws it has, Will, Will, Smith, Will Smith went from being the fresh Prince of Bel-Air to the genie, and his performance was pretty good while paying homage to Robin Williams. I mean, like I said, he won't, he won't top Robin Williams' Williams' Williams's performance as the genie, but at least, he give, he, at least Will Smith g- gave it his own, which I think is actually pretty good. I mean, yeah, you guys could tell that the CGI effects were a little off. But uh, aside from that, I thought the performances from Will Smith, Will Smith, uh, Naomi Scott, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Mena Masold's uh, performance as Aladdin was pretty good. While the film did deviate a little bit from the 1992 original, particularly uh, Jafar's uh, characterization, no, actually, particularly, particularly the characterization of Jafar, this live-action remake still delivers well, well in terms of entertaining. So hey, you ain't never got a friend like me, folks. <laughs> but but anyway, I, I, this film is is enjoyable. I mean, I mean, yeah, there were flaws in the film. I mean, Guy Ritchie actually directed this film, and to be fair, yes, uh, there were moments in the film. But I feel like but I feel like the film itself was is actually pretty good, depending on how you uh, how you guys uh, look at it. But anyway, I wish I, I wish I could talk more. But on to my next on to my next film, number six. Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland, the 2010 live-action remake. Well, not the first. Well, not the first live-action remake, but it is considered to be the first. The first live-action Disney remake since 2000's 102 Dalmatians. Tim Burton steps into Wonderland, brought in a, who brought in a visually stunning remake of the 1951 original. The film follows. 
The film follows Alice, played by Mia Wasikowska, if I'm saying her name correctly, as she travels to Wonderland and meets up with characters like the Mad Hatter, played by Giant Depth, the, Cat the, the Caterpillar, played by Alan Rickman, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, played by Matt Lucas, the Red Queen, played by Helena Boham Carter, and many, many, many more characters. Many more characters, including Christopher Lee's uh, portrayal of the Jabberwocky, including Danny Elfman's uh, musical score for the film. Man, talk about talk about actor and director collaboration. Speaking of which, um, Tim Burton has has collaborated with a lot of act with a lot of great actors and composers throughout most of his films, particularly Johnny Depp. And I think Johnny Depp's performance as the Mad Hatter, Hatter was pretty was pretty good. I mean, yeah. I mean, the film the film was was a little more dark than the original, despite the original being more uh, more. Uh, uh, let's just say a little more wanderish or something. <laughs> so yeah, but anyway, I I thought the this I thought this remake was actually pretty good. I mean, it wasn't just uh, a typical remake. It was more more of it was more of a follow up because Alice in this movie is basically an adult or uh, or a teenager, I should say. She was she's more of a, a of a young adult in this movie while in the uh, while in the original she was more of a child which kind of makes sense this is like uh, almost a film that is basically made almost uh, 50 year 50 to 60 years in the making but this this movie still serves as a remake so it's technically a follow-up so yeah many people still see Alice Tim Burton's Alice of Wonderland as a remake so the same goes with Alice in the Looking Glass. As well, as well. But anyway, I, I enjoyed Alice in Wonder the 2010 version of Alice in Wonderland, which I think is actually pretty good. So, so anyway, moving on. Number five, Cinderella, the 2015 live action remake. 2015 Cinderella is one of the live action Disney remakes that remains faithful to the source material while adding in some new elements. The film stars Lily James as Cinderella and Kate Blanchett as the evil stepmother. Man, man I th and I think both. Both, both, both of these characters were pretty good in this movie. Both Lily James and Kate Blanchett were pretty, were pretty good in this movie. So anyway, speaking of which, speaking of this movie, this movie was directed by Kenneth Branagh, who you may reckon, who you may recognize from his directed films such as such as the remake of the of Murder on the Orient Express, including his portrayal of Gilderoy Gilderoy Lockhart in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Including his direct, including his directorial film, the including his uh, his film, the very first Thor movie. Speaking of which, in case you guys, in case you guys don't know, Kenneth Brada directed the first Thor movie back in 2011. So, so he's so technically he knows what he's doing. And I thought the direction, I thought the direction of Cinderella was pretty good, with with X Men producer Simon Kimberg producing. Man. Man, I'm pretty man. I'm pretty sure I'm seeing seeing some Marvel connections in the Cinderella movie. Oh wait, I'm pretty sure there is. But anyway, I thought the film was good while remaining faithful to the original 1951 animated classic of the same name. So, so there there's something. So basically, there is something to like. Yeah. Okay, moving forward. Number four, Beauty and the Beast. Tale tale as old as time. Beauty and the Beast takes the number four spot on this list. Starring Emma Watson as Belle and Dan Stevens as the Beast, this is another live-action remake that remains faithful to the 1991 animated classic 
classic of the same name, while adding in elements from the Broadway musical, including some new songs. Actually, this film did had had its moments of shot shot for shot remakes, but but the film did add in the Broadway mo- the Broadway musical moments to it. So basically, this is one. The, basically, I think this is one one of the few live action Disney remakes that did that was basically combined shot for shot remake and and part Broadway. So basically, both of them are combined, which I think is actually pretty good. Pretty good. Although some said that it, it did deviate it from the original, including some of the of the character designs. But I thought, uh, but I thought the 2017 live action remake of Beauty and the Beast was good. The performances of Emma, Wa- Emma Watson and Dan C- Stevens was good, including including some including the portrayal, including uh, Ian McKellen's portrayal as Cogsworth, uh, Ewan McGregor's performance as Lumiere, which I think both. Both of them did pretty good. Did a pretty good job in that film, including Emma Thompson's portrayal as Mrs. Potts, which I think was pretty. Which which I thought thought was pretty good. Like like I said, I know I know the the 2017 live action remake of Beauty and the Beast did deviate deviated from the original, but it still serves as a very good live action Disney remake to watch. Okay, moving forward, number three, Christopher Robin. Deep, deep in the Hundred Acre Woods, where Christopher Robin plays. That's right, folks. Oh boy, here we go, folks. Here we go, folks. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to let it out, people. Childhood memories of Winnie the Pooh are coming back. <laughs> They're here. <laughs> Forgive me, please. This film is basically a follow-up to A.A. A. Milne's Winnie the Pooh. Winning the Pooh franchise, but it still serves as a live-action remake, so, in similar cases to Tim Burton's remake of Alice in Wonderland. While, while, however, this film tells Christopher Robin's side of the story as as an adult, played by Ian Ewan McGregor. So basically, it, it tells tells Christopher Robin's side of the story as as Christopher Robin leaves a hundred a hundred a hundred acre woods to go to boarding school. However, however, he begins to um, take on the real world issues as an adult, which is basically leaving leaving his childhood memories behind. This film is basically a throwback to your childhood memories, and this proves that adults still have an inner childhood memory, which I think was probably one of the few uh, meanings behind this movie, because Christopher Robin still has has his childhood moments with Winnie the Pooh. To which uh, Jim Cummings, who voices Winnie the Pooh in the other adaptation in, in the other adaptations of Winnie the Pooh, can, returns to voice Winnie the Pooh once again as the silly old as the silly old bear. <laughs> Get it, silly old bear himself. And by the way, by the end, yes, I think this movie, we, Christopher Robin, is a great movie. Oh man. What, watching this film, it brings you back so many good childhood memories. Like the nostalgia is hitting hard. Oh, I do, I do like the childhood moments. But anyway, both Jim Cummings and Ewan McGregor put up a pretty good performance, and their chemistry in this movie was very good. And speaking of Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor played Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars, and that is right, yes. But here's but I'm pretty sure a lot of people are poking fun of this movie, making memes of the fact that 
probably there was one of the few memes from Christopher Robin where 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 Obi where Ewan McGregor's Christopher Robin's basically Obi Wan Kenobi, and then like Winnie the Pooh was like telling uh, telling him like General General Kenobi. That's one of the few memes I actually saw from online, but. There's probably going to be a boatload of memes from the Christopher Robin movie due to the fact that Ewan McGregor is in this movie. So, yeah, I know. But, like I said, Christopher Robin, great, great movie. One of the great movies. I wish this was my number one, but there's actually a few others that, that, top, that, that, are, that, that are topping my number one spot. But, anyway, on to number two. Number two, The Jungle Book. When I started making this list, I thought, I thought that The Jungle Book would be my number one. However, my number one entry will be coming up pretty soon, and it'll probably be a surprise. So, anyway, a few years before Jon Favreau stepped onto Pride Rock to direct 2019's Lion King movie, he directed The Jungle Book. 2016's Jungle Book is considered by many people to be one of the best live-action Disney remakes due to the faithfulness of the source material compared to his 1967 animated film of the same name. To me, this is by far the best remake. The best remake in terms of faithfulness. The film features features the extensive use of CGI for his animals and locations, which actually pretty, which actually makes sense because most of the animals in this movie, because the animals in this movie are CGI. The performances, including performances of Bill Murray as Baloo, Idris Elba as the villainous Shere Khan, Ben King Kingsley as Bagheera, Scarlett Johansson as Ka, and Christopher Walken as King Louie. Basically, there are multiple, basically is an, all, an all-star cast in this movie, which I think was actually pretty good. This is actually a pretty... The Jungle Book live-action remake is literally a great, great movie to watch. I mean, it did juggle juggle between different tones in this film, but this is actually... But I still enjoyed the, the 2016 live-action remake of The Jungle Book, and I think Jon Favreau did a very good job in this film. Speaking of which... Speaking of which, the, the 2016 Jungle Book movie won the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, be beating out 2016's Doctor Strange for its visual effects. So, so technically, the CGI animals were pretty pretty good in this movie. So, yep. All right, folks, on to my number one entry. And, uh, and do you guys think you know what it is? No? Well, here we go. Number one, Maleficent. Well, well. Taking the top spot on this list is the film that is being told through a villain's point of view. That is right, folks. Male 2014's Maleficent. I am going to be very honest with you, with you guys. This is one of the few live-action Disney remakes where we get to see an origin story of one of our greatest Disney villains of all time. Angelina Jolie steps in to play, to play Maleficent one of the greatest Disney villains of all time, while bringing in the origin story of how Maleficent became the villain that we know and love today. And, yes. Yes, this does tell us a story. And while the film does jump into the Sleepy Beauty story in the middle of the film, this is one of the... Maleficent is, is one of those films that really to, is being told from a villain's point of view. And I consider Maleficent to be the best live-action remake out of out of all the other live-action Disney remakes. And and still, this is still this is still a great live-action Disney remake. I mean, I mean, uh, yes. I mean, they did deviate a little bit from the film. I mean, yeah, the story itself was was a little weak, but it's still a great film. You you can tell, you can tell of what 
of what we're watching in Maleficent because you're t- like we we are seeing how how what what Maleficent was like before she became a villain. And like of what happened, like why was she the villain in the first place? In similar cases to 2019's Joker, we get to see like and going off topic, we get to see why Joker became the villain in the first place. In same cases to Maleficent. Maleficent became the villain in the first place, spoiler alert, because because at first because she was betrayed by her lo- she was betrayed by her, by her lover prince uh, by 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 the young by the by the young pr- prince Stefan, who cut who basically cut off her wings because of the fa- cut because of the fact that she attacked the king attacked the kingdom. But anyway, but anyway, this is like she lost her wings, but she goes out for revenge. That is why she becomes the villain, and that's why she became the villain because she was once a fairy, but her wings were take wings were taken away because of the because of betrayal. That's basically like like something that is being betrayed. Man, talk about man, talk about talk about turning a back, turning turning the back from talking about a love story being turned away. This is this is this is like one of the few remakes where they actually pull pull something off for a villain which still angelia jolie still delivers pretty well in maleficent and uh, and the and the art direction was great Cos- the costumes were great including the makeup i mean some of the visual effects were a little off but I, I, at least most of them were pretty good ella fanning fanning's performance as sleepy beauty was great as well as well and uh, and i have yet i have yet to see the sequel to maleficent but Anyway, I'm pretty sure that one's also pretty good, too. So, anyway, there you have it, folks. That is my top 10 live-action Disney remakes. What do you guys think? Do you think I should have ranked them, ranked them a little differently? I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys are, are, are saying something like, why isn't Jungle Book my number one entry? Well, like I said, that is, just, that is basically my, my, own, my, my own opinion. But anyway... What do you guys think? Do you think some of the Disney live-action remakes are good? Are, are you guys looking forward to uh, to 2020's Mul- Milan Disney remake? Do you guys think so? Well, we'll see what happens. But anyway, thank you all for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo. And for those of you, for those of you who are watching, uh, for those of you who are tuning in, uh, thank you for thank you for thank you for tuning in to today's episode. But anyway. And uh, and I hopefully hopefully to, hopefully to hear hope now ho- now hoping to be here to he to be to be here again next after spring break because I know the fact that there's been there has been a lot of cancellations and extensions due to the virus that is being spread. But anyway, here's a little here's a little tip for you guys: stay safe, be careful of where you guys are traveling over spring break, and. But but remember to have fun. Just be careful of what's going on due to the fact of the virus that is being spread. But anyway, thank you all for tuning in to Kodo's Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo. I'll see you guys after spring break. Have a good spring break. Stay safe. Remember to wash your hands. Have a good have a good have a good Thursday afternoon. Have a good Thursday afternoon. Stay dry due to the due to the rain that is going that is uh, pouring down. But anyway, have a great spring break. And and tune in tune in next time for Kodo's Cinema after spring break. So, bye.